0: Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by our great sponsors. If you need to buy a domain, look no further than Hover.com. With hundreds of domain extensions, no heavy-handed upselling, and best-in-class support, Hover makes it easy to spend less time on your domains and more time on your big idea. I use Hover for all of my domains, and I couldn't be happier with the process from start to finish. And now, you can use the offer code BUILDSOMETHING for 10% off your first purchase. That's build something, all one word, no spaces. Head over to buildpodcast.net slash hover today. That's buildpodcast.net slash hover. Project Panorama is a WordPress project management plugin that visually communicates project progress to your clients and team. At a glance, your clients can see exactly how close the project is to completion what has been done and what will be done next panorama is meticulously designed to impress your clients and save you time allowing you to bill more check it out at buildpodcast.net slash pm and for a limited time you can use the offer code how i built it for 20 percent off that's how i built it all one word for 20 percent off and now on with the show Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, I am honored to have my good friend and awesome dude all around, Dre Armada. Dre, how are you doing today?
1: What's going on, my man? Great to, great to be here. appreciate you having me.
0: Hey, no problem. Thanks for being on the show. We are going to talk about uh, security, Sakuri, uh, and how you kind of built up a company uh, that focuses on not just WordPress security, right, but, but general online security. Absolutely. Awesome. Sounds cool. good, man. Awesome. So uh, let's jump right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, you and and Sakuri and and how you came up with the idea?
1: Uh, sure. So, uh, well, like you said, my name's Dre Armada. Actually, I was um, I spent a long time in the late '90s and the early 2000s working. Through security while I was in the military uh, and, and different aspects of security, right? So the, the physical security domain, InfoSec, uh, crypto, the whole nine. But really the idea for Security came well after that. But uh, ultimately at the beginning stages of my Navy career, I got involved with uh, the internet and it was almost by accident really. Uh, my uh, chief warrant officer at a squadron I was in, VFA 147 had uh, said, hey, look, you're the resident geek here. You do all of our networking stuff. It was uh, Windows NT, Windows 2000 mixed mode network of about 200 220 computers laptops and such and as a deployable unit we'd have to take that whole network down and uh and bring it back up on on board the ship in in you know integrated with their network in any event he said hey look you're the resident geek we need an intranet site this is like 1999 or so and he goes Mm uh you know here's um our adobe photoshop 4.5 and uh, microsoft front page you are uh you got two weeks uh, to get this uh, rocked out. So I, I, you know, I I went and started reading some stuff. Um, I, I figured it out. Some really terrible CSS within HTML using, you know, uh, Front Page and a bunch of uh, rollover images, no sprites, no 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 nothing, man. It was crazy, but we got it done. So that was kind of my my introduction to uh, web stuff. And this is again '99. Got excited about it and kind of moved on from there. Really doing a lot of design stuff, front end UI things. I uh, really got excited about uh, designing stuff, but it um, means to an end was uh, finding a way to showcase all this work online. And so in in 2004, or so by then I was I was working. My portfolio site was like you know HTML with uh, a bunch of uh, iframes and and all this crap for <laughs> for all my portfolio items and news and stuff. So I figured out I, I needed a, a more intuitive way to kind of manage these things. So I, I found WordPress uh, in about 2004. Created my first theme uh, end of 2004 2005. So it wasn't too long after the project had kicked kicked off. But all, all the while, I was in the military, and I was doing a lot about InfoSec stuff. So in, in 07, actually, I got out of the military and I went and worked uh, for an Info, InfoSec company in uh, the Chicagoland area. Uh, great experience there. Uh, they got acquired, and eventually, I made my way back to California. But some of the relationships that I built there, uh, especially one with uh, Daniel Sid, who was the uh, the founder of OSEC HIDS, a host intrusion detection system that was open source, and that the company I was working for was trying to figure out a way to integrate into their their uh, network solution to be able to manage InfoSec uh, at the network level. Well, I had left that company, obviously, and um, you know Daniel was working at Trend Micro at the time while he was doing this project, and um, you know we kept in, t- in touch. And one of the things he was thinking about was like look if we can look at the integrity of of portions of a network using uh, something like a host intrusion detection system why couldn't we remotely do that for websites and I said that's an interesting question at the time you know I had all my websites and stuff going going up and um, you know there was a lot of the internet was blowing up uh, open source content management systems were kind of in that fight to see who was going to gain mass space and stuff I had chosen WordPress there at the time and it was an interesting place so we set out to kind of figure out How to do that and sure as hell, man, he's Dana's a genius, right? So he he figured out a way to kind of tune definitions and remotely check the output uh, and the behavior of a website to see if it had any matches to, you know, known exploits or known Issues, right? So things like outages, things like you know defacement, server errors. We were able to catalog these things with signatures and and definitions, and 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 push a response to the end user saying, "Hey, look, we've we've met matches to this. Something's something's not right. You need to take action." And that's kind of the initial to market with uh, Securi, um, and we were betaing two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and we launched. We had already kind of sold a few in, in um, service plans, but uh, the, the the company became a company in, in roughly February 2010. And uh, at the time, Daniel, poor Daniel, in um, his beautiful design skills. I mean, this guy's a, a guy you put in a dungeon with a green screen, right? Like, and he'll he'll code like you know the next next big thing uh, for sure but as design skills weren't amazing and and that was really uh where I came into play I was more always the front uh in terms of uh helping uh engage the audience uh bring the the, the product to market the marketing side of it and uh business development things of that nature um so hit with his back end capabilities is is um his development genius and then my my ability to kind of put a face to it in terms of the the front end and so on uh we launched we launched in uh February of uh, 2010 now that was the initial stages, and, and we quickly saw that, uh, wow, this is crazy. We were still working, you know, full-time at our regular jobs, but there was a, a couple big exploits Uh, that happened that year. Uh, One notable one, it's actually still um, Wikipedia around GoDaddy and some infrastructure issues that they have where, um, you know, there was lateral movement, not just across a shared environment. So for example, you've got 50 shared sites on one, uh, or 50 sites on one shared hosting account. Now we're talking, they were moving across multiple hosting accounts, right? So it was like a big deal. So what we found though, is, is us alerting to these issues was not very actionable, Right. It's very reactive. And we're saying, hey, you've got a problem. But then what? Like, what does the end user do? So we we instituted a uh, um, an incident response uh, process that we, we developed and said, look, this is how we're going to help folks. We're going to make this actionable. We're going to be able to not only alert them that there's an issue or if someone has an issue, they can come to us and we can come in and remediate these problems. And that's uh, really where things um, shook up, man. In 2010, I mean, we got to the point where we were cleaning hundreds of websites a day. And it was really just Daniel and I initially. And then what we saw was like, wow, we, we're having a hard time not understanding really the business side of things or how to really manage th- this growth. We need someone that can help us kind of operationally come in and, and re- really help shape this into something that if, if we decide we want to do it full time, uh, we, we have a means to do that. So that's where Tony Perez, who's now our CEO, uh, came into play. So it was really the three of us throughout the rest of 2010 and uh, and it was it was growing, right? So like month over month, everything was moving in terms of like the, the business side financially and such. And we were seeing so many people targeting so many issues that we, we got up to the to point like by the beginning of 2011 where, I mean, we were literally all of us cleaning up hundreds of websites a day uh, just through the remediation process. So we brought in another person to help initially just part-time uh, doing the incident response stuff. And it actually, the week before WordCamp San Diego, 2011, I was employee number one. So I went full time. We said, <laughs> look, we've, uh, we've sustained this growth for a matter of time. Now we've got the, the, the financial backing to, to make this happen where I, maybe I'm not taking such a huge, you know, uh pay cut where uh, my, my quality of living changes, we think we could do it. Let's try this out for six months and see what happens. And then uh, by, by the end of 2011, Daniel, myself, and Tony were full time. So uh, that was kind of the initial stages. And again, you know, we, we saw that the alerting in the monitoring piece was was super interesting and was helpful. But it was it was only remote, so you're only seeing the output of that website, right? There's 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 conditional things that make that you know not 100 percent accurate. And, and the reality is, remote monitoring can't can't detect everything. It's not seeing all the files that aren't served on every page pool request, right? So. The only real way to kind of uh, get a, a more holistic view of, of what's going on with your, your site is is to do remote and server side scanning. So, you know, that was one of the adaptations we made along the way uh, to give people a, a more granular look as to what was going on with, with a higher level of accuracy. Still reactive, though, right? It, this is going to tell you when something has already occurred. So we went, well what if we are able to thwart this activity, this traffic before it ever reaches the environment. And um, around that time frame, we set out to, to build a, exactly that. So a perimeter defense that is more proactive. It's, it's something that, that we're now putting in front of, of, um, of a site in between the site and the internet or where these, com- you know, commands, these, these requests are coming in, this malicious traffic's coming in and we're giving you the ability to stop it before it ever hit the, hit the environment. And that was, that was the advent of, of um, our firewall product, which Cloud Proxy was, was the initial name, but the, the, the security website firewall, which today is 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 alive and kicking and growing. And we've built the whole infrastructure and network around uh, being able to grow that. So that's at a high level. That's the the, the the three products that we really offer and how it initially started and how we grew into thinking, look, you know, we need, we need to be a little bit more proactive. We need we need people to be more proactive about their security.
0: Nice. And that's so that's, that's great. We have like kind of the whole history of uh, the company here. And so now you've got you've got three project products, uh, reactive, and then kind of preventative. So in in this next question, you know, usually I like to ask what research was done before the company was founded. But in this case, I'd I'd actually like to kind of pivot that question and ask, what kind of research do you uh, do you and your company do regularly to stay on top of vulnerabilities and and kind of uh new new threats that are coming out like what what does that kind of look like for you
1: it's a it's a really interesting question and a very broad question right because there's mm-hmm. so many moving parts to that so many so for example there's places out there that hey are are disclosing zero days they're disclosing mm-hmm. you know vu- vulnerabilities that that have been found uh that have been disclosed and, and have been targeted in some cases some cases Maybe not so much, you know it depends on the severity, but we 're able to take those sources along you know validate them certainly, but what we 've done is we 've built a whole research team that just does this all day long. They are looking for new issues that have stemmed up so we can catalog them, we can test them, make sure that they 're legitimate, and if they are, what we 've done is we 've built a model within our our firewall network where we 're able to tune that based on these new issues. And it it uh, what it does for the entire client base is gives us the opportunity to block these things at the edge. So, for example, latest version of WordPress, a vulnerability is discovered. Okay, uh, let's say it's it's um it's pretty big, and it's a let's say uh, you've got privilege escalation or something like that, right? And and we know that these are are going to be targeted. There's going to be automated attacks against these things. So what we'll do is we'll put it into our firewall where we block this at the edge. So it's it's almost like a virtual patching. And although we are um, we, we're very strong uh, on the stance of making sure that you update your software as quickly as possible to mitigate the risk of some type of uh, vulnerability being exploited um uh, it's not al- always realistic to 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 do that in production right mm-hmm. and we get that so what we've done is we've built this in at the edge so that hey all right this this latest version of of um of wordpress and and the the vulnerability that's that's being exploited we stop that at the edge so now when those requests come in to try to you know they, they And again, so 95% of attacks that happen out there today are not targeted. They're, They're opportunistic attacks. They're automated attacks. They're scanning different layers of your stack and figuring out ways to, you know, what can I throw over the fence that's going to stick and maybe, you know, infect these folks? So we stopped that right at the edge now, right? So we have constant, uh, research going on We have an entire team of researchers, uh, that are looking at, and again, known sources that testing, you know, potential, uh, vulnerabilities. We've discovered some and disclosed them. We've worked, um, you know, smartly with, uh, the folks that, um, you know, the developers and, and authors of these, you know, plugins, themes and so on to, to help, you know, fix these problems. But it's a constant thing, right? And, and I think that that's, where people get maybe a little behind, right? Like, Hey, we, we put a plugin in, you know, on the server and, um, you know, great. It's going to stop all this stuff. It, it, it's not so simple, right? It is a constant changing, uh, landscape and we have put, you know, resource resources around, uh, figuring out what these things are so we can catalog them and get in front of them as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? It's, um, it's almost like, uh, you know, you can get vaccinations, but you can't get a vaccine against something you don't know exists yet. So you, Yeah, you don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's a couple of things that you said that I want to kind of like parse out a little bit more. Sure. And the f- the first is that you mentioned uh, that these attacks are opportunistic, right? I think a lot of people, uh, especially if they're like running their own blog or something, they're going to say, well, I'm not I'm not big enough to be hacked, right? Nobody's going to go after my data. But that's a bit of a myth. Is that right?
1: That's 100% a myth, right? Because the to be honest, the attackers don't give two hoots. Let's take an example that's maybe uh, relevant right now because of uh, the potential, you know, the, the, the huge growth that we're seeing, let's say, in the Internet of all things. Everything's interconnected, right? We're, we're talking about cameras and the DVRs that connect to your, your, your security cameras at home, your routers, and the state that they come. Right, so I know I'm diverting from the question a little bit, but it, it shows the severity uh, and and why it's important uh, for every single connected device, including websites, to be taken uh, seriously in terms of the security and the upkeep of that. These thousands and thousands, millions of devices all over the world that uh, come, you know, in all shapes and forms from Best Buy to you name it. You buy it on Amazon, got a great deal on that latest, you know, Linksys router, what have you. They all come with default credentials. Okay. They all come uh, in some cases with no credentials and attackers know this. So what they've done is they've automated attacks to potentially uh, infiltrate as many of these devices across the world as possible. And that in and of itself is not that big a deal. They're not doing too much to, to let's say take over your cameras in the sense of, Hey, look, we're watching your video though. That is a possibility. Their idea is to, to gain control of all of those devices in a means to take out the availability of a known target at any given time. So, in the instance of your actual device, your website, no, it's certainly not the target, but it is used in a in a in the grand scheme of things in the bigger botnet to attack other sites. So what we had with the uh, DIN here recently, mm-hmm. which which is a, a DNS provider, is that millions of these devices uh, were infiltrated and then they were pointed to you know D- the DIN services to at a single time, like wh- each one of these devices may be sending out one or two you know signals or requests to the site, but or the service, but what ends up happening when you get millions of those all at the same time is you explode, (laughs) you know, it's, (laughs) it's, it's bandwidth, right? So multiple layers on the attack. It was layer three, layer four and layer seven, which, which are all fundamentally different. I don't think we need to get into it in this show, but ultimately they attacked uh, multiple layers. And what it ended up doing is inundating the service and taking it out. And what ended up happening there is it, there was a lot of large services and, and um, social platforms like Twitter and such that were using DIN for their DNS, and next thing you know, they're down for two days. So stepping this back to the website, think of your website as the same, in the same capacity as one of those routers. The site is, is, is uh, vulnerable. Attackers are going to automate attacks to, to infiltrate those vulnerabilities, to exploit those vulnerabilities. And what they might do is just drop a command and control script on there for the time being, so a backdoor of some sort, so they can use the site whenever they want. It's no problem. It doesn't come up infected. It stays like that for a while. But now they want to go do an attack or they want to do some type of campaign to for monetary gain. Maybe that's redirecting your website to a specific pharmaceutical company or pop-ups, what have you. And the click-throughs get the money. Well, then when they're ready to do that, they, they go ahead and with that command and control capability, they come in and now they drop uh, that malware script in there or what have you to um, to take that over or to use it to attack another site like in the case of DIN and the IoT attacks from a month ago the distributed denial of service as an example. So at the end of the day, these guys don't, the gals don't care, you know, if you're selling cupcakes or, or if you're making, you know, a million in revenue a month uh with your awesome e-commerce site. At the end of the day, they're looking for the you know, path of least resistance. If it's vulnerable, they're going to try to take control of it. They're going to try to exploit it and go on from there. Again, over 95% of attacks are uh, opportunistic automated attacks. They are not targeted.
0: Gotcha. I think, well, I think that was a really great, a uh, description of a lot of things. I was going to ask you about Din later. Glad that we uh, we covered it now because that was a big thing that happened a while ago, and it really like the the entire internet, anything connected to the internet was involved in that. So that's a lot of great information. The other thing I want to ask you about is, and this is, I guess, this kind of gets into the question of is is how did you build it? Uh, you know, you have this firewall. Uh, you have a team dedicated to research, uh, and you mentioned. Zero-day vulnerabilities. Maybe you can talk about kind of how the process of uh, finding and alerting, uh, let's say, a plugin of a, of a vulnerability works and then how you kind of integrate it into your service, right? Because uh, you don't just find a vulnerability and then tell the internet about it, right? Or at least that's not what you're supposed to do.
1: Yeah. That, and there's probably a couple different things there, right? So what we've done yeah. in terms of the firewall, we also, not only a research team, but we also have a full dedicated, you know, uh, firewall team, which is not just tuning, but uh, helping continue to develop the platform and the network. Right. Cause there's a lot of moving parts there. It's not just this little piece of software that sits, you know, on a server. I mean, we've got now six points of presence, six data centers that are strictly the firewall network, right? It's this huge Anycast configuration so that we can, you know, help protect uh, and and also at the same time kind of help uh, websites with their, you know, speed and, and 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 how they're caching all of their static files, right? So we've built this performance layer into this. So it's a huge team. Now the one piece uh and it's specific to to the vulnerability. So let's say we find a plugin that's got a vulnerability. We're gonna go and test that out. We wanna make sure that we can reproduce that and that we're we we learn everything about that and we're gonna go find out to see if it's been released anywhere. We're going to figure out kind of what's going on there, uh, and two twofold. One to to uh, disclose that responsibly with the the, the plugin author. All right. Look, you've got some issues here. You need to get this fixed like and there's there's a whole process uh built built around how that disclosure and stuff happens, how we work with them requirements for them to uh, make sure that they're patching this and, and disclosing it efficiently. Right. Because it's it's their responsibility to do so as well. And we've done this quite a bit, even, you know, since the beginning days. But at the same time, our research team is working on figuring out ways to stop attacks against that, so that we can put it into our network. So they're they're testing that in our environments um, to see kind of what what the what the impacts are, uh, how those could be reduced, how we can stop any automated attack from infiltrating the website through our firewall network, and then we 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 push that into into our uh, into our network. The details around the disclosures—they're all a little bit different, but certainly the, one of the first things we, we're going to do is go reach reach out to to the author there to figure that out. You know, in the instance of WordPress, it may be different than Joomla or anything else. Again, we're platform agnostic because th- those those processes differ by by project.
0: Gotcha, cool. So that's that's again really interesting stuff. And I guess another aspect of your business, right, besides the preventing and then mitigating uh, hacking or attacks is uh, that you also you do a lot of webinars right you you educate you educate your customers and and anybody with these free webinars to to kind of take their own measures is that right
1: uh, we do you know Joe when we st- we started the company again you know it's been 7 years now and uh, from the beginning you know I can count uh, we we've, we've done it over the years but I can probably count on uh, you know, back of both hands, how many times we've put out like a real ad or anything like that. Right. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we've started to do some of that stuff, but we've, we've grown, we've grown, I think because of, uh, obviously it serves a, a really strong focused and, and needed area. Uh, but certainly we have grown because we've, we've helped educate people. We've, we've grown organically. We've grown through our content of being able to empower people to make better decisions around their security. And uh, you know, I left Securi for a while, for a couple of years, uh, and went back into the um, agency space. And it was one of the in coming back. It, what's exciting is that that premise is still the same, right? Like the whole <laughs> idea behind uh, us offering security and these services is is to really help folks. And I think that you know you see that over time, it's been proven that we've uh, we've had the opportunity to come in and help folks, educate folks, and we've done so. And I think that we've we've had a. a a large part, I think, maybe a hand in in maybe shaping at least in the WordPress space how people maybe think about their security, and that that's that's due to us coming out there doing webinars, speaking at events, writing a lot of content. If you know content at blog. we've got I mean years and hundreds and thousands of posts that um, you know re- really just come in helping educate people about the latest threats, steps, and how to guides on how to fix things. We 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 put out a new a bunch of new guides over the last month, as well as some um, uh, white papers kind of help people understand, you know, the threatscape out there. You know, the, uh, we've been putting out a quarterly report now that, that talks to, you know, different open source platforms and kind of the, the things that we should be considering. New trends that are up and coming uh, or old ones that are, are starting to grow again because it's this constant <laughs> shift. But that was, you know, that's always been the idea, right, is to help educate folks and, and help them understand that the inherent risks that they're dealing with. I don't see that changing anytime soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's the? there's an adage about kind of the... Uh... The weakest, the weakest link in a security chain is is the people, right? And that's that's usually said by like engineers who are like kind of being mean about it. But the way to strengthen that chain is to to educate. It sure is, yeah. So uh, maybe with uh, you know, we are. This was kind of a really fast half hour, but um, we're we're coming up. We have a few minutes left, and uh, I would love to kind of ask you instead of in lieu of a trade secret. What are some things that people can do to be more proactive about the security of their website?
1: Oh, that's that's a that's a fabulous question. I think that uh, when, when we start thinking about security, especially let's take WordPress specifically, we start thinking about the next application layer, you know, connector that we can add, right? A plugin. So we put all these plugins into place thinking that it's going to give us uh, this this stronger uh, security stance. But in in essence, we don't really know that for sure. Sometimes we're actually introducing more insecurities than anything else. These, these crazy alarms and, you know, warnings and things that are going off and mm-hmm. most of them are unfounded, right? So the idea is to think uh, outside of that, right? One, we need to take a layered security approach to any website that we put up online. So it's great to have application level plugins and such to to help kind of figure out the integrity of the files and things that are going on, on the site. Maybe do some hardening and things of that nature. Uh, but I think that those need to be, uh, I think, paired with with something on the perimeter. So, again, a layered a layered security approach, defensive depth is, is really what people need to be thinking about. Great. You've got a couple of plugins on, on your site. Now what are you doing to protect uh, on on the edge right? How are you stopping people from let's say reaching your WP admin right so that that's an interesting thing mm-hmm. so there, there's a lot of little techniques and things that happen there but I think that the biggest takeaway that I want folks to take from this discussion and this specific question is that it's 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 time for people to start thinking beyond the application okay WordPress alone is not the only uh, attack vector. It's it's it, the surface, the attack surface is well bigger than that, right? So let's take it just even to the hosting level. What do you have sitting on your server, okay? You've got that application, certainly if you're using WordPress and the, the plugins, third-party integration points that are sitting there at the application layer. What's under that, right? You, you've got some type of server-side language or languages, right? Those need to be maintained. You've got some d- uh, database or, or multiple databases maybe that they need to be protected. And we haven't even gotten to the web servers software yet, Right? So that, that's something to consider. There's multiple, multiple areas in the stack that we need to be considering. So while we want to be proactive, I mean, I think we want a, a, some, some type of perimeter firewall super important, you know, to kind of help stop those attacks. But we want to make sure that we're thinking about the entire stack, not just the platform that we're using to serve our actual web pages. Then let's extend beyond that, right? How are you logging in at home? i mean is your machine secure are we on networks that maybe are not secure right so we've got to think well beyond just the platform uh and do a better job of of uh, holistically approaching security as a whole
0: gotcha that's that's great advice right you know it sounds like we we as a maybe as a wordpress community or maybe just websites in general maybe it's it's more than just wordpress we've got our We've got the guards inside the castle protecting our castle. Now it's time to think about the moat around the castle, right? Now it's time to think about uh, safely transporting our people from the from the castle to other places. If if we're, I think I'm stretching this analogy a little bit, but
1: I think it's uh, dead on. I mean, to be quite that's honest, awesome,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we need to think kind of beyond our our WordPress install, our castle. So, awesome. We, we didn't talk a whole lot about business and we're at the end of time. Uh, <laughs> but do you have like, uh, like maybe like 30 second business advice that you would give to somebody who wants to start uh, a, a WordPress company? You know, you've, you've been a part of a couple of big ones now, Sakuri, and then the agency work that you did. So, so what advice can we give people there to kind of end on?
1: build a bridge with partners, right? Like you, you, you can, you can try to pick up as many freaking uh, bricks to build it on your own, but uh, uh, obviously having extra hands there is, is super helpful. The best advice I ever got when I was first starting is don't go at it alone. Find, uh, find someone that you can trust that, that complements the things that you're good at and go at it together. You have a better chance of succeeding together, you know, than going at it alone.
0: Awesome. That's great. And uh that's perfect way to end on Dre. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure,
1: my man. And I look forward to seeing you here at WordCamp US. Uh, if you guys, uh, if anybody's a, actually, is, I don't even know when this is airing, so you might have to cut this out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all right. We, uh, this, is, this is coming out in January, so uh, I'm really glad we got to see each other at WordCamp US.
1: <laughs> Dude, what a great time seeing you at WordCamp US, man. That cigar was amazing.
0: Right? Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining me. Thank you to everybody for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks to our great guest and fantastic sponsors. If you liked the show, please rate it and subscribe on iTunes, in Google Play, or at Spotify, or whatever your podcast app of choice is. If you have any questions, be sure to reach out at howibuilt.it. And finally, until next week. Get out there and build something.